When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. Okay, I think let me get a so I can kind of have an idea how long we're okay. Yeah, and you'll just turn it like that where it's kind of facing you. Yep, like that. Yeah, like that. So I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki, and I'm here today. It's Glenn McDonald, right? Right. Right, all right. And he owns the Anomalist Bookstore in Lexington. Right. So um, tell us a little bit about the place that we're in today, what, what this is, and what made you start it. Well, when I first started it, I was wanting to... Uh had the bookstore with my wife, and I was wanting to serve food. You can't plan for everything, and since then, she's in a wheelchair. So I spend more time with her than I did in the past, but I'm uh, up here on Fridays and Saturdays, and I'm open from 12 to 7. I'm thinking of going back to being open on Mondays, and uh, I try to, like, specialize in books that are a little more unusual. You know, sometimes it's a little hard to find them. Yeah. And I have people come in and... uh, They'll speak sometimes, and we'll charge for events, and I've got free events. We'll talk about Bigfoot, and we talk about prepping at one event, and we talk about ghosts and the paranormal, and another event we'll talk about UFOs. That's really cool. And those, I've looked at those on Facebook before, and there is a Facebook page if people want to follow it. It's Anomalist Books and Brews, is that correct? And um, it's got the events and everything. And is it once a week or once a month that you have, like, the meetups where people come and... Like, we'll talk about Bigfoot cryptids once a month. We'll talk about UFOs once a month, and it's free. We'll talk about... uh, prepping once a month and we'll talk about well really it's more like self-sufficiency and we'll talk about uh ghost and the paranormal once a month that's really cool no 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 you're 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 totally fine yeah you, you got it yeah so um and some of the books like i've actually gotten books here before that are really really cool i got a copy of the serpent and the rainbow which was a used book and then i got a copy of i cannot remember the gentleman's name who read it but it was a book about his hunt for bigfoot okay. and so one of the things that brought me down here to begin with was um i heard about it on the news and i thought this is so cool because this is right up my alley like somebody the true crime paranormal type thing and um we came here for a presentation by jim whitehead right. is that his name yeah. yes and he gave that really long presentation about all the different bigfoot stuff in oklahoma that you could ever want to know and i'm sure it's only scratching the surface and um i know that you're interested in bigfoot and what got you interested in bigfoot okay uh when i was 16 i was in a car with three other guys we had gone out to a bridge about five miles southeast of here 
and we heard that if you parked on that bridge at dusk, you could hear a rope swinging because somebody had been hung off it. And it's like kids going to graveyards and stuff. Okay, so I'm looking out the window uh, to the south in the creek that the bridge is going over, and I see something in the creek bed. It's at dusk, and uh, it's got a lot of tall trees there, and so it's dark. I wasn't wearing my glasses like I needed to because I was vain. I was a teenager, and uh, they were like Clark Kent tent glasses back then, you remember? I didn't like wearing them when I was out with the guys. Yeah. And I saw this mass in the creek, a dark shape. I thought it was a calf. Mm -hmm. And then it stood up, and it walked, and it went up the creek bank. And I said, do you see that? And evidently another guy had seen it the same time that I saw it. And the guy was driving, his name was Charlie. He freaked out. He started the car and he floorboarded. He said, it's a freaking monster. I'm not going to say exactly what Yeah, said. yeah. And so we left and, you know, we're teenagers. Uh, we didn't really talk about it that much afterwards, you know. And I uh, had to go live with my grandparents, you know, not long after that in Edmond. But it, it's strange. I, I talked to one of the guys probably two months ago that was in the vehicle with us. His name's David. He remembers the same thing. Verbatim. We were in there. Wow. I said, David, do you remember that? He said, yeah, he remembers. Wow. I said, well, what was it? And he goes, it was a Bigfoot. And I said, well, you must have had a better look at it than I did. And he said, well, what did you see? And I said, I just saw something dark stand up and walk up the bank. He says, that's what I saw. But he says he thought it was a Bigfoot. That was his guess. Wow. Oh, my gosh. It should have been somebody in the ghillie suit if they had them back then. Do you know what they are? No, I don't. In the farm. Well, they use them to go hunting. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Could have been... Oh, 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 I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Scare the kids. I don't know, but he said it was a big push. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that kind of sparked your... back in my mind. Yeah. Okay, and I, I was going with my wife. They had this Bigfoot festival in Hona to give her... Yes, her yes, yes. She says, I want to go to it. I do what my wife says. We're on vacation because <laughs> we're in the area at that time. So we're walking through, and she's looking at all the stuff. And I walked by and got this banner out that said Bigfoot Conference. So I said, Bigfoot Conference? What's that? So I walk in. It's just $10, and she's still looking around. I'm in there listening. I didn't leave. And the first one I said had Dave Pilatus, I think his name is. Okay. And uh, Jeff Meldrum. Yes, there. I'm familiar with him. And then it had a lot of people with the MABRC that were speaking. Okay. And, so, and that's uh, the Mid-America Bigfoot yeah, Researchers. Conference. Okay, okay, yeah. And I listened to a guy named Randy Harrington. He, he uh, talked about his sighting when he saw Bigfoot. Okay. But, you know, I'm listening to uh, Jeff Meldrum, and this guy has a Ph.D. from Idaho, and he says he'd been walking in the middle of uh, the wilds of Canada, 30 miles from a road, and he found a trackway of 18-inch footprints. So I'm thinking, this guy has a Ph.D., why would he be jeopardizing his tenure with a university talking about Bigfoot? You know, it got, I started thinking about what I saw when I was 16, and it really started making me think about something else, which I'll tell you later. And then Dave Pilates, Pilates I always mispronounce it, he's a 30-year retired detective from California, okay. and he had a sighting, and he went out and... Uh, he investigated 
the Hoopa Indian Reservation out there, and he went with the guy that directed the OSDI here. His name's Harvey Pratt. Okay. Yeah. He, he was uh, uh, the interim director there for a while, and he was he's a forensic artist that's well known uh, when they've had like, oh, the children disappear at the fairgrounds. Mm -hmm. He helps come up with what the guy looked like, okay? He's going out and he's interviewing the American Indians on the Hoopa Indian Reservation. He's getting their accounts. He's a forensic artist and Bigfoot. You know, wow. Yeah, and, but, you know, and so I bought Dave's book and I read it and it made me start thinking. I, at this time, I was living out by Lake Thunderbird mm -hmm. and we lived on 10 acres. We had a double wide and uh, I'd had some stuff happen there over the years. One uh, morning, this was back in the 80s, I guess, it had, we had an ice storm, and the ice must have been that deep, you know. So I'm sitting on the couch, and I heard something going down the east side of the house, and it was like steps crack, 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 and I thought it was a guy from OEC going back to read our meter. So I'm going to go out and talk to him, and I'm walking down that same uh, pathway that what, what I was hearing seemed to have been taken. I wasn't cracking that ice. I, I'm a big fella. I was weighing like 325 back then, and I wasn't cracking the ice when I was stepping on it, and I didn't see an OEC guy, and I didn't see his truck, so I thought that was weird. The other thing that we were having happen out there is periodically, and it always seemed like after one in the morning, where I was sleeping in my room and my kids said the same thing would happen in their room. Something was hitting real high up on the trailer. I mean, not where it was like trying to put its hand through the trailer or something, but loudly, it'd wake you up, you know? And I would go out and look for it, and I never saw anything. And I thought some crazy person is messing with us, you know? The other thing that was happening was weird. We had an old car that wasn't operable, and uh, it sounds so hillbilly, but it's the truth, we kept the dog food in it for our dogs. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I would hear that open at night, and not all the time, but just say maybe once a month or every two months, you'd hear it open like because it was rusty, and it'd be open a while, then it'd shut, slam, like that. So something was getting in that old van, and it'd be open for like, well, maybe 15 seconds, and it'd shut it. And I was like, why would somebody be doing that? And I'd go out and I'd look, and I'd never see anything. So I thought it was a crazy person, but after I went to this conference, I was thinking, is Bigfoot hanging around? Yeah, yeah. I've yeah, I've heard the stories about like, yeah. like the um, the Humphreys family sure. down in, down near that area right. that the oh, no. conference yeah. conference kind of got started because yeah. of. I know that there was something in that story about they believed that the creature was taking meat out of the freezer, freezer yeah. out there. Yeah. So, I mean, I, it's not, it, I don't think it's out of the question. I think yeah. that's something that a lot of people yeah. report. But I got all fired up after that. And, uh, you know, I was still working at the DHS. I retired in 2009. It's not something I would talk about a lot of work, you know, and I wouldn't feel, say you're crazy. Yeah. But uh, my son, he got interested in it, and uh, we started going on some of the expeditions with the MABRC, mm -hmm. and I didn't ever have anything. I never had a sighting, okay? I heard some things like everybody 
does see. I, like I heard something at the wildlife management area one time that made everybody's uh, internal organs like kind of vibrate, but mine. And it was real interesting that night because we had a, like an eight and a nine year old that were asleep in the camp chairs. Have you ever tried to wake up an eight or nine year old? No. It's very difficult. Yeah. And these both these kids, when they got there, saying, we're not scared of Bigfoot. We want to see Bigfoot. <laughs> but when that yell or scream or whatever it was, I don't know what it was, uh, they both woke right up, stood up out of the camp chair, said, we want to go home. And, and it was long. The yell was still dying down, you know. So we took them home. Their, their granddad was there with me. We were all sitting around a campfire. He was a former Green Beret. He had his 45 out. He was ready to go home, too. And he was, like, scanning the, the direction where it came from. So we, we all went home that night. Yeah. Um, wow. Um, and I have been, like, a lake in, in uh, southwest Oklahoma where I'm walking with, like, uh, uh, five other people, like, two in the morning. And we're walking along, and we hear a crunch, crunch, crunch that's in the tree line. Okay? And so everybody's talking to each other. Do you hear that? Yeah, I hear it. Do you hear that? Yeah, I hear it. So we're, it's parallel tracking is what they call that. You know, We're walking down the middle of an asphalt road You know, by this campground. So I said, all right, on the count of three, let's stop. I'm the oldest, so I take charge. So I count off one, two, three. It goes crunch, crunch. It did that like eight or nine times. It'd start up again when we were walking. You'd hear crunch, crunch, crunch. I'd say, all right, on the count of three, let's stop. And it go crunch, crunch. So I said, all right, guys, it can't count. and and we looked over there like you always hear these people talking about night vision we looked and we couldn't see anything and and we're looking with our flashlights and we couldn't see anything but it was still crunch 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 when you hear it and and people have had sightings like everybody always thinks you see this stuff uh on the internet bigfoot's always walking across the field or something and he's bipedal the guys that tell me they've had sightings well a lot of times he's looking around the tree at you or just like a person trying to hide from you seeing him or he's looking up over a log and he's down on his stomach you know and, and what the one of the stories i heard that was very interesting near stillwell they had a they knew that their coach was interested in bigfoot so he's going to take the wrestling team out looking for bigfoot so they're walking along a stream and one kid said what's that and they see a head looking out around the tree over there at him so that must be Bigfoot. So they had like 13 or 14 people with their flashlights at this tree, and it kept looking out once in a while at them. And they were there. It was across the stream from them for like 10 or 15 minutes, and Bigfoot's looking around this tree. And, uh, that's a pretty weird story. Oh, that is weird. Yeah. And the guy used to go out a lot that we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. uh, Jim Whitehead. Uh, he's had multiple sightings. Yeah. yeah. I remember him talking about... Um, one time when he was in his house yeah. that they like scared him yeah pretty bad yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and well, yeah the thing is I, I, when jim's telling it he he started having where he did some odd things happening and he was thinking maybe they had been watching him since he was a kid mm-hmm. and that's what i was wondering uh when i was sitting out by thunderbird maybe if it was interested in my kids yeah. I hear that over and over. Young kids, they like to watch them play and stuff. So. 
That may, I mean, that makes sense. Like, yeah. yeah. And that was something that yeah. my mom is here with me today. And um, we had talked about on the way down here. She had wondered if you had ever heard any stories of children seeing Bigfoot. Or, and I think that maybe when kids have an experience like that, maybe it's kind of discounted because you think, oh, it's yeah. a kid, like yeah. uh, they're making it up or this yeah. is their imagination or whatever right. like that. But, yeah. but that's interesting that you say that there might be some interest from them. In to, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is. Yeah. And, and you think, well, maybe they just think children are interesting, but you hear tales from some American Indian tribes they will get the kids in their lunch, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I read a book uh, named Kathy Strain, but if you, you're reading the, the myth, the legend about Bigfoot with the different Indian tribes, they're not all the same. They all differ, you know, and it'll differ with, like, different language groups, you know. Like, you'll hear, uh, like, the Sioux in language groups, like the Sioux and maybe the Crow, that they're more like a... Well, Bigfoot is a helper. He crosses between the worlds. If you go up on the uh, northwest coast, some of those tribes, it says, no, he's waiting to grab your kids. He's going to take them off in the woods and either raise them as a Bigfoot or, or if it's a female, mate with them, or if his kids going to eat them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like that. And, and you think that the, a lot of these tales, was it, it like a, when I was young, like a... Be home by dark, or the boogeyman will get you. Were they yeah. doing the same thing back then? Like, be home by dark, or Bigfoot will get you. I don't know. Yeah. Well, they had a different name. It wasn't Bigfoot. But, right. Uh, right. But I, I, I was really, I had so many interesting things happen to me, and I remember back in the '80s, I was sitting uh, with my family. We were having a picnic in the front yard just eating some burgers, which my wife had cooked inside. It was a real nice spring day like we have in Oklahoma. <laughs> and I heard my dogs barking, and they were running towards us for the circle in front of our double wide. They were, ran out in there, and I said, what's chasing them? And it was a mountain lion, and it turned around. And this is out by Lake Thunderbird, and it was probably two seconds. It was that quick. It came out of the tree line and was gone, okay? I called uh, the Oklahoma Wildlife Department. I said, I just had a mountain lion sighting. I was told point blank, there's no mountain lions in Oklahoma. You know, I've been taking my kids to the zoo their whole life. I went when I was a kid. I know yeah. what a mountain lion looks like. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, all these people say they see Bigfoot and they say, well, you're crazy. There's no such thing as Bigfoot. Well, they told me that about a mountain lion and now people are hitting mountain lions on the road. You know, and, and the mountain lion was out there uh by Lake Thunderbird, I think, because they don't allow hunting there in the park. So there was deer all over the place, you know. But when I was a kid, if you were wanting to go hunt a deer, you had to go to Colorado or New Mexico or southeast Oklahoma. They didn't have any deer in Cleveland County or Pottawatomie County to speak of. They'd come back big time, and now you're starting to see mountain lions. Well, would that be a reason people are starting to see Bigfoot more in Oklahoma? Are they eating the deer too? Yeah. And you hear about, uh, when I was young, if you heard about wild hogs, they were just in southeast Oklahoma. Now they're all over the place. You know, I had them out by my house in Lynette. You know, they had a guy pull up at the Winnet bar out there when my son was there. He had 20 dead hogs in the back of his pickup. There's no limit on them. They're such a pest, you know. Wow. But the wildlife has come back 
really come back in Oklahoma since I was young. Mm-hmm. Hey, how old are you? You're a lot younger than I am. I'm, you're what? 68. Yeah, well, I'm going to be 67 in August. I thought you were a lot younger than I am. <laughs> but, but, but you can remember. Remember when, when you were like in a high school? People weren't shooting deer locally. And I don't know. Did you live in Oklahoma? I they weren't doing it. Not in Oklahoma and Cleveland County or McLean County. They'd have to go to uh, the Rocky Mountains or southeast Oklahoma. And it, it, you didn't see a lot of them. You know? Now I can't drive home without seeing a couple. So it's like, one of the things that one of my friends who has had a Bigfoot, she's had a couple of experiences where she saw something and experienced something. Yeah. Um, one of the things she brings up for the case for Bigfoot and like why it would be a good thing is the conservation that would have to happen if there was an animal that large. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of it's it's an interesting thing. And I know that Jane Goodall has said she thinks it's possible. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, I mean, it's I think that. Yeah. It's such an interesting thing. And I was going to ask you, what is some of the most compelling evidence that you've ever seen, like a footprint or a picture or video or anything like that? I can't rationalize anything. I'm yeah. a skeptical person. I'm an agnostic on Bigfoot. My son says he had two sightings. He says, Dad, you believe me? I said, I didn't see it myself. I got to see it myself. I've lived this long. I I saw something when I was young. It wasn't definitive for me. Right. I want to see Bigfoot like I'm looking at you. I want to smell him. You know? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like up yeah. close enough that you yeah. know what you're seeing Probably is. Like, yeah. I want it just to be no way around it. And, and, you know, I could die without that happening if, if he exists. But, you know, I can, I'm like anybody. I can rationalize what somebody saw. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to call anybody a liar. Yeah. You know, I, I'm open-minded, but I'm not going to let my brains fall out. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a good way to be. <laughs> yeah. I have been with guys out in the field that have found, like, cast like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, know, I, I know so many people said they have sightings, but I don't think they could all be liars. Right. Right. So what, uh, what can you tell me about these casts that behind me? cast most of those but Jim Whitehead he's cast so many prints he doesn't have room for them and he, wow. I put those there some that he cast and they're all uh, all they're all probably within 15 miles of here like people wow. that couldn't have a Bigfoot in Oklahoma guys tell me they're here yeah the, the, the guys have told me they've seen Bigfoot on the edge of Oklahoma City mm-hmm that they wow. saw out at like Lake Thunderbird. That's like a, a guy when I was young. I don't want to give people last name. Oh no, that's that, that crazy. His name yeah. is Craig. He said he was duck hunting at the north end of Lake Thunderbird and saw a Bigfoot. Wow. Yeah. I know that when um, when I first started like kind of getting interested in it, I got on. Um, I think it was maybe the BFRO's website, yeah. and they have like lists of sightings that are right. anywhere in the nation and stuff like that. And I went to Oklahoma, and there was actually I, I don't know how familiar you are familiar you are with the Edmond area, yeah. but there's a park in Edmond. Park. Yeah. yeah. So a police officer actually saw a baby. Yeah. In it was I that just blew my mind. You know what I thought that was interesting? I, I know Edmund at that time, and that was kind of on the edge of town. Mm-hmm. But 
but my wife, she grew up actually within probably a mile of here. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it it really blew my mind because I've, I've walked at Hafer Park and, yeah. you know, the idea that they could be somewhere that close to right. civilization right. and it's just... At, at that time, Edmond had a population of probably like 9,000 people. Okay. It's, yeah, so it was way, now, way different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's it's big now. And Hafer has kind of been absorbed into yeah. the center of town a little bit. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure it's sure it's much different. Close to the hospital. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we talked about the mountain lions, and I know that we had a – was it a mountain lion that was out there by the feed store, out kind of by Grandpa's house? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that kind of makes me wonder, I know that you have the cryptid meetings. Mm-hmm. What other kind of cryptids are people seeing around here? People are, are seeing, uh, and I had a guy come here and talk about it. His name's Michael Mays. He's with a group called the North American Wood Ape Conference. Okay. He's into uh, black panthers. Okay. That people have been seeing black panthers for decades. And mainstream science will tell you they don't exist. It's just like they could. So, I don't know. But, you know, the same thing. I, I was told by somebody with the Oklahoma Wildlife Department that they didn't have uh, mountain lions in Oklahoma. But I've got people that live down by this uh, now. If you call them, they'll say, well, they're not breeding here. Mm-hmm. I, I got a little ahead of myself. I've got people that are four miles south of me on the uh, South Canadian. They're saying that they see every few years uh, mama mountain lion with its cubs. So they're breeding. Here. Yeah. It's food for them. Yeah. Why not? People, people think, well, well uh, oh, this is one of the big things that they discount. They said, well, mountain lions are just traveling through uh, Oklahoma because their DNA is the same as South Dakota mountain lions. And I'm just thinking to myself, why treat me like an idiot? You know, do you think the South Dakota mountain lion couldn't have come here 400 years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, who's to say how long those South Dakota mountain lions have been here? Maybe they established the original population here. Who knows? Yeah. Just because their DNA is similar doesn't mean that they're just traveling through from South Dakota. Yeah. 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 Man. Yeah. I know they got really rare here, but they could have always been a uh, residual population. Mm-hmm. Have you been to Southeast Oklahoma? You've seen how it is down there. You might have anything up on those ridges. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The forest is really dense, yeah. and I mean, yeah. anything could be out in that. Yeah. Um, but with the with the Black Panthers, I know that. Do they? Is the stance like throughout the entire U.S. that they are no longer here? Or they never were here. They never were here. Okay. The, okay. the only black uh, or melanistic big cats they have in the world, I think, are like maybe leopards. Mm-hmm. You know? But, you know, you start thinking about that. Who knows if they didn't have some black melanistic leopards that got released from some circus. Yeah. 150 years ago. Yeah. You know, and, and, and people will say, like, well, they saw... My wife says along Highway 9, she saw a hyena okay. during the work. And people say, well, that's nuts, that's crazy, right? They had that, uh, oh, what was it, like an animal park up in Ohio where the guy, like, committed suicide and let all the animals go. 
you know, if, if you had a big cat that you had as a pet in a cage in your backyard and it got away, are you going to go alert the authorities when you've got all that potential liability? <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people would just shut up about it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and when they had that animal park uh, that was out, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I think so. It's out in Tuttle or something? Like yeah, that? yeah. Um, what is it called? I got trouble with the law that owned it. Was it, was it the GW? No, because that's in uh, Winniewood. I know what you're talking about. Are you talking about the one that when the storm came through, the tigers yeah. got loose? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My son was talking to the guy because uh, he wanted to go out there. He's, he liked, he loves animals. And they had two grizzly bears, I think, at that time that they had gotten from a guy in Rosedale, which is across the river from where I live in Winnet. And the guy had been keeping them in a like a, one of those big storage containers in his backyard. And I, uh, when I used to read meters for OEC, I went in his backyard and the guy had a mountain lion. I'm thinking the first time <laughs> I go in his backyard to read his meter, he's got a mountain lion back there in the cave. I said, why do you have this mountain lion? He says, well, I like mountain lions. You know? People will say uh, there's no way there could be like wolves in Oklahoma. When all these people had these uh, domesticated wolves, they're like, what, 98% wolf? I used to see those all the time when I was reading meters. They'd come up, and I had one run up to me, and it put its paws on my shoulders. I'm a big guy. It started licking my face, you know? <laughs> the owner wasn't around when he did it. I was thinking, this is bad, you know? <laughs> yeah, this is this not going to end well. <laughs> but it was friendly. And yeah. the thing that was always strange about these wolves, dogs bark, they don't. I know behind one home, I would read the meter, the wolf had dug a big hole, and the guy had it on a chain, and it would be down in there, and it would come out, you know, when I went out to read the meter. Mm -hmm. you know, oh, my gosh. I, I'm just saying they could have all kinds of exotic animals in Oklahoma. I've read that there are more tigers in captivity in the U.S. than there are in the wild. Mm -hmm. That's kind of... Wow. And they think when... People disappear in some of these uh, parks and stuff like that, and they're trying to figure out what happened. Well, what if a few of those Siberian tigers got loose? Mm. What if they're actually out there breathing in the mm. wild? That's a scary thought. Isn't it? Yeah, that is scary. Yeah. If you had a Siberian or a Bengal tiger, and they can interbreed, they're different mm. types. But and it got away from your backyard. Are you going to go tell the police about it? Right no. no. Yeah. The liability be immense. Yeah. That the story you told about your wife thinking that she saw a hyena. Yeah. Um, my friend who had the Bigfoot sighting knows someone who saw what she described as the sickest looking dog she'd ever seen on Highway 9. Oh. And so it was kind of like a similar that yeah. immediately made that bell go off. And that so maybe there is some yeah. kind of yeah. wild dog out there that's. And all the hyenas, you think of them as a pack animal, all of them aren't. Mm -hmm. There's a type that lives in the Kalahari that's solitary. And you think, well, that's just so wild seeing on Highway 9, why would it do that? Have you ever seen how many animals are hit by cars along Highway Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just wild. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, so what is the what is the strangest cryptid story you've heard from someone that they might have shared with you that you feel like you can share and you don't have to identify anybody of course or anything like that. I've heard but that story like that out at Lake Thunderbird, the Oklahoma octopus and I immediately think that's just a bunch of oakum. 
Yeah. You know, because every other octopus species I know of in the world, I've researched a little bit, they live in salt water. But yeah. they didn't have one in fresh water. Yeah. And if you know the history of Oklahoma, there weren't any lakes in Oklahoma before like 1930. Yeah. So what were these, these, uh, Octopus living in the rivers when most of them were going dry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, they didn't have any upstream flood control. They didn't have any reservoirs. I think probably the only lake they had in Oklahoma was up there where the Great Salt Plains are, maybe. Mm. So, yeah. I no, I I think that that one's a pretty far fetched one for me. Yeah. I, I think. Yeah. What do I know? So. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, I guess it, I guess it could be just now, like any of it. Say, the more you know, the less you know. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Right. I think that I think yeah. that's true. Yeah. Um I listened to this podcast recently, which um, you might enjoy this podcast. It's called Wild Thing, and it was by this woman who she found out she was related to Grover Krantz. And so she did this whole, like, um, she spent, like, a year interviewing people about Bigfoot and, like, doing all this stuff. And I can't recommend the the podcast highly enough. I loved it. It was so good. But she talked about how there is the subset of people within the Bigfoot community that they call the woo yeah. That that like they subscribe to the theories that Bigfoot is telepathic and put here by aliens. Yeah. yeah. And so, what's your what's your thought on on the woo? You know, it's hard enough to prove that a cryptid like Bigfoot exists without going into all that. Mm-hmm. And most of the guys I went out with, in fact, all of them, they think Bigfoot's another animal. Yeah. You know, they think it's something that eats, it procreates, it like another animal in the woods. Yeah. And I, I uh, have had people, you know, I'm not going to tell them they're liars that said mm-hmm. they uh, had Bigfoot, they're called habituators, mm-hmm. where they're living on their property and stuff. And I talked to them, and I said, well, can I go see them? You know, I want to see Bigfoot. And they'll say, no, you know, you have to have a relationship with them. I said, well, can you take a picture? I said, know then I'll lose my relationship with Bigfoot (laughs) and I've had people that say you know Bigfoot appears in their hotel room or something I said well I'm going to have an event here can you have him appear at the event (laughs) that'd be really great (laughs) (laughs) I I want to you know I'd like to talk to him you know (laughs) yeah I, they had this one guy, I, and maybe it happened. He says that there was a whole planet full of Bigfoot, and he opened up a portal up in uh, Oregon. You know what I'm talking no. about? No. And all these Bigfoot came through his portal, and now they're, I guess they spread themselves around the U.S. They've yeah. always been here. Okay. But most of them are back on this planet, but they're traveling back and forth in portals. Okay. All right. I want to see the portal open up in a Bigfoot step. Yeah, no kidding. I want to see that, too. (laughs) I'd go up there to see that. Yeah, I would. The last thing I see, it's like people, I I think the reason I went out and and I looked, if you're going out and looking for something like Bigfoot, which you think is an animal, it's a great excuse to get outside. Yeah. All right. And uh, I think I try to look at it. Realistically, I think if Bigfoot's in the woods, it'd be like a gorilla. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't see it just trying to kill me because I'm there. I carry my, uh, I don't have to have a firearm. I'll carry some uh, pepper spray. Yeah. You know, that's what I, I would do when I was out there. But uh, 
if you're going to uh, looking for UFOs to get beamed up, who knows what you get probed. You know, I, yeah. I don't need that. Yeah. You know, I've had people do the investigations here for ghosts, you know, mm-hmm. and they're finding a lot of activity, but when I'm here by myself, it's kind of boring. Yeah. So evidently, they're just happy to go about their business. You know? Yeah. I've had a few little things happen in here, but I can explain it. Right. You know, like papers come out of that before by itself and nobody's over there. Yeah. And I just... That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe a truck or something sets it off somehow. Okay, yeah. Once I had this thing in here that when it was voice activated, when you got up by it, it would say something. So I turned it against the wall, you know, because I got sick of it talking so much. And I'm leaving, and I turn off the light in here, and it said, see you later. (laughs) Oh, So I said, oh, I'm going to start looking at this. And I found out that what was making it uh, say what it was saying was just the light when I turned it off. So I did that like 150 times. It never said see you later again. Wow. That was kind of weird. That's a little, yeah, that's a little spooky. Yeah. yeah. But I've been in here when I'm making my coffee. It'll start making noises over there. Ah, it's just mm-hmm. uh, stuff going over to the coffee machine. I've had some of those people that look for ghosts they start getting what's that you know yeah yeah it's like the guy on ghost adventures that every everything is a demon he's convinced like he's like oh man i I was in here and they're doing an investigation and what are those things called that uh print out whatever they're picking up you know is it the spirit box that like it speaks out the words where okay okay all right and she was had the temperature and the temperature for like five minutes was 66.6 in here. Oh, wow. What in the heck? And then she showed me, she said, look at this, it's going to get rooted out. You know what it said? What? Get out. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, wow. And I don't know if she preloaded that or she's mm-hmm. messing with me. or. Yeah. I'm going, all right. Man. Yeah. Everybody else that was, she was here with her daughter just like we are, and everybody else was in there with their equipment mm-hmm. and they seemed to find some things they thought were interesting but really yeah. uh, what was this what was this building before it was the yeah, this building they told me was built in 1903 okay i think it was uh, like city hall at one time okay so they had a art studio here mm-hmm. they had a uh the, i think the lexington observer was here a newspaper office they had a a thrift shop that was here. I'd like to know the history of this building, but, mm. but I've had people tell me this was kind of strange. An uh, investigator came in. Her name's Tanya. She's a real nice lady. Yeah. Okay. She said when she was here, and she gets impressions that somebody was hung like over in that corner. Okay. So she's telling me this. So I go to the post office and I'm talking to the. Lady, I, I see her a lot when I'm selling books on Amazon, and she said, "No, nobody was hung there that I know of. Somebody committed suicide in that building to the north." So okay, and so then uh, another friend of mine, his name's Chris. He's talking to the guy that owns his 89er bar about that, and I guess he relates that well, one of these. Uh, people that gets impressions, a psychic or whatever, they said that somebody had been hung in the area. And I've had other people tell me the same thing, that somebody had been hung in this area, not necessarily inside. And he said, well, back before Oklahoma was a state, they had a barber 
that was, you know how they used to use a straight razor? He was cutting somebody's neck like that, which I need to do, trim it up. And he just cut the guy's throat. And they were asking, why did you do that? And he never told them, and I guess they lynched him. But it was to the north, you know, that's what he, that's what he told Chris. And uh, it was one that was like all wooden buildings here. Okay. And the thing that's unusual about Lexington, did I ever tell you this about Lex? When it, Creek Statehood, it was a whiskey town. Okay. That is? No. The Chickasaw Nation was dry. Mm -hmm. So they had like 300 people living in Lexington. They had 20 saloons. Wow. Yeah. And nowadays, churches have replaced the saloons. They have one mm -hmm. bar down the street, that 89er bar. He just opened like Fridays and Saturdays. I don't mm -hmm. think he has any clientele. Yeah. If you go to a bar, it's over in Purcell, you know. Mm -hmm. so. Wow. So it's. At this, I, I, I've been told that across the street above where that bank is, they had a bordello at one time. Okay. Yeah, this town had an interesting. It's got, yeah. It's, it's died. It's about ready to uh, blow away. Have you noticed? Not a lot going on. Yeah. 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 But I remember when I was uh, younger, the east end of uh, Maine, a lot of those businesses weren't doing that well uh, in Norman. Mm -hmm. and it's all come back there. Yeah, it has. Simple, yeah, you know, so. it's very true. Yeah. It's good to it's good to keep that history. I think, yeah. like, yeah. So um, one of the things I that I wanted to ask you, like, to close us out is, what would your recommendation be for someone that wanted to start looking for Bigfoot? Like, how do you get into that, and what where should you go camping? What should you do? I would just say pick a spot. You okay. know, it's, a, it's a good excuse to get outdoors. A group that people might think of going out with would be uh, the Mid America Bigfoot Research Conference. They don't charge. Okay. You just show up, and a lot of people sleep in their cars. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you like talking about Bigfoot stories, that's what people do around the campfire. And they have this thing that they do uh, when they're sitting around the campfire. It's by design. Everybody's looking behind the guy that's facing them because mm -hmm. then if they see eye shine or something, you know. It's oh yeah, yeah. And once in a while, like it's organized, they'll have somebody do a group and mm -hmm. they'll get responses and they'll go out and look for tracks, which they'll find. You know, that's cool. And there's some. Yeah, everybody has like their special places, but I've had people tell me they've got responses at Lake Thunderbird. Mm -hmm. Out here at the Lexington Wildlife Management Area, I've heard that uh, a good place is that, uh, what is it, the Stinchcomb Wilderness out by Lake Overholzer. Okay. There, and I've even heard that, you know, where Red Rock Canyon is? Yeah. They've had sightings there. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Like, there's been a lot of sightings at uh, Turner Falls. Yeah, I, I believe that. There's a lot of, been a lot of sightings at uh, Chickasaw recreational area really okay and i would suggest to people if they go there uh not to go when it's everybody's there in the summer yeah go in the winter time and the reason a lot of big footers like to go out in the winter time is you don't have to worry about ticks you know and everybody can get what they call a tent heater and have it mm -hmm. in your tent but if you're in a campground you're the only people that are camping you're the only game in town if, if they say bigfoot the way to have an interaction with them is appeal to their, their curiosity. Yeah. Well, if you're the only tent in the campground, 
that's the only thing they can get curious about. Yeah. If you're in a campground that's got 200 tents. Yeah. Uh, I just, when I had that happen when we were here in the parallel tracking, we were the only game in town that weekend. Mm-hmm. We'd have more happen when we went to this area when we were the only people in the campground. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a great idea. I yeah. like that. Yeah. I'm, we're gonna have to go camping or something. Like <laughs> my mom's like, yeah. <laughs> when it's still you know pretty cool. At night. Yeah. And remember to get a tent heater. They're like a propane, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're safe in a tent, you know. If, but you could actually go down the CNRA. They have campgrounds where for like RVs. Mm-hmm. You could hook up an electric heater and put it in your tent. Now the yeah. thing is, they're really flammable, but. Mm-hmm. Just be really safe about it. Yeah. You know, so, you know. All right. Well, thank you so much for right. sitting down and talking with me about yeah. cryptids and Bigfoot. It's yeah. like I don't know if I know anything. But oh no, you you're you know plenty. Like right. it's so it's so much fun. So thank you so much. And I, I would like to get Jim Whitehead here to talk. Yeah. Okay. I can help you do that. That would be awesome. That would yeah. be so great. Yeah. yeah, I would love that. Yeah. Um. So if people want to follow you, you're on Facebook yeah. at Anomalous Books and Brews. Yep. And there's you post all kinds of funny stuff all yeah. the time, different yeah. memes about Bigfoot and stuff yeah. like that, and interesting science articles. Yeah. Yeah. So um, is there anything else you'd like to tell people about, like uh, events or anything that you might want them to check out here? Well, I'm going to get window stickers pretty soon, and I'll be giving those to people for free. Okay. I always have Jeff Probine's comics, and they're for free. Mm-hmm. If anybody, if I'm here on Friday or Saturday after 12 and somebody wants coffee, I'll make it. You know? Yeah. And I'll usually hand them a sweet tea or something in a can if they want it. And I, you know, I, I like talking to people. Yeah. So I'm selling T-shirts right now. I've got these shirts which a really nice lady uh, named Laura Briggs gave to me. If you can believe that. Oh my She's gosh. A really nice lady. And I have some of my own like store shirts like on the I love that those. I'm selling too. So. Those are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna. You want one? Sure. I'll give you one. Sure, I would love one. That, the you, oh, you don't have to give it to us. We can pay for it. Like, it's not, not a problem. Um, but I guess the only thing I have for... And they're OU colors. Yes, they are. They are. That's awesome. I love them. Yeah. Um, you guys follow the podcast on Instagram at Erie Facebook is the same. And there's a Facebook group, Erie Okies, plural. And if you have a Bigfoot story or something like that that you want to send me, um, you can send it to... Irioki podcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. and I think that's about all I've got for everybody so all thank right. you so much for being here right. you're, you're a great interview. oh thank you <laughs> thank you so much all right.